Hey guys, welcome back. Thank you for joining us. I hope you found last week's discussion on loneliness helpful. Let's jump in and continue talking about friendships. I spent some time thinking about my friendships throughout my lifetime. I tried to recall my first friend. I remember as early as about four years old, spending all my time with my older brothers. They were identical twins and about a year and a half older than me. As I said last week, our mom had moved to Chicago and we were living with our grandma in Texas. Grandma worked a lot, so I spent most of my time with my siblings. I remember having a lot of fun running in the woods, playing in the fields, wading in rainwater in the culverts, catching crawdads, climbing trees, riding our bikes everywhere, and funny enough, taking baths together. I guess as little boys, it didn't bother you too much. That friendship fell apart, though, as teenagers when we all derailed into alcohol and drugs, and then after all of us graduated from college, we moved to separate cities. But you know, as I reflect on that first friendship with my brothers, I sense God used that to imprint on my heart the feelings of brotherhood with men that I strongly believe have helped me have a passion to build a community of men who love each other. I finally remember the loving bond of two older brothers when we were still a bit more innocent. So who was your first friend? Tonight, we will explore the good side of genuine male friendships. My prayer is you'll go home excited to put more effort into pursuing at least one authentic friendship this week. So let me open with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we invite your Holy Spirit into this time, Lord, and press on us, just impress upon us the need we have for friendship. Help us, Lord, explore this in our heart. Holy Spirit, guide us to somebody that we can really invest in that loves us and we love them. Lord, help make friendships good for us, Lord. We need your help here, Lord. Father, don't let this time be disrupted by the camera and by words. Help your Holy Spirit speak to each man as he needs it. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Well, let me start by describing the foundation of our desire for friendships. In Genesis 1 and 2, we read about creation. We read that the Holy Spirit was hovering over the dark before anything was created, and God was there with the Spirit. And when we couple that with the Gospel of John that says Jesus was there in the beginning, we know that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit were all present before creation. So when God said, let us make man in our image, we realize he's not there alone, but in this beautiful relationship that he wants to replicate in human beings. Can you picture the joy of all of them together, you guys, in perfect unity, overflowing with love, desiring to create people in their image who would feel and share the same relational experience they're having? God is highly relational at the core of his essence. And since we're created in his image, we too are highly relational, which readily explains why God states, it is not good for man to be alone. Because we are human in nature, it stands to reason, we would need to be in relationship with other human beings, not just spiritual beings. God made us so we have a deep longing for friends. It's no different than having a need to eat when we're hungry. So the Bible tells the first person God made for man was his wife. And I do strongly believe most men are meant to be married. Some men describe their wife as their best friend. Guys, my wife is not my best friend. She's way more than that. Her place in my life is unique and stands alone in its own category. I love her so deeply and in numerous ways that do not compare to male friendships. I couldn't function without her. 
But while I place friends a step below my wife, I also believe God gave me friends as a critical part of my growth and well-being. So tonight, let me share some thoughts on the deep, incredible value of those friendships and save our discussion about marriage for another time. You know, there are unique purposes for our friendships. God knew we would suffer emotionally. Jesus was watching his dear friends, Martha and Mary, weep and mourn the loss of their brother Lazarus. He went to be with them. He was distraught when he saw them hurting and he wept with them. Guys, when we're suffering, we need each other. It feels so good when a friend hugs you when you're in deep pain. How available will you be when your friend is suffering? There are also times when you make a mistake or something goes wrong and you feel ashamed. It is such a gift when you're feeling bad about yourself to have a good friend listen to your story and affirm the good in you. God knows it's very hard for us to feel his love when we're feeling ashamed. So he sends our friends to remind us of why he loves us and why they love us. How can you tell when your friend needs to be reassured? Jesus recruited men to share their story of how he brought them back to life. God designed us to carry the gospel and pass it along to another person. God's primary method for saving the world was sharing the gospel, passing it person to person through loving friendships. In fact, what drew me to Jesus was watching other men carry their cross in their daily life and then inviting me to join them. And last, when we, when we read in 1 Corinthians 12 that God designed the church to be built like the human body, with each of us functioning in a specific role to help the church mature. As Christians, we cannot mature emotionally and spiritually without the help of other Christians. We all have a specific role we play in helping each other mature. And we all have the responsibility to allow others to help us grow by being humble and open. One person may teach you to pray, another teach you how to handle your anger, and you may be able to help someone with their ability to understand the Bible. When we see the beauty and the value of each individual, we get excited knowing that each Christian we meet may have something we need and we may have something they need. Dr. Townsend opened my eyes to this world I never truly understood this principle until I was able to see how much I struggle with my own emotions. When he began to help me develop the ability to feel, express, and manage my emotions, my marriage improved, my parenting improved, my leadership at work improved, and most of all, my ability to feel the love of Jesus began to happen in me. I needed another Christian man to help me mature emotionally. Man, our ability to truly know Jesus, to have a passion to follow him and to love our brothers requires all of us helping each other to mature. Who will you let into your life to help you mature in areas where you know you need to grow? Another reason for wanting close friends is so we don't feel alone. Last week, we worked hard to understand our loneliness. And I truly hope you feel better knowing every man in this room has and will struggle with loneliness. You know, one close friend can remove a lifetime of loneliness. A close friend helps you feel known and feel like you belong. A good friend also helps you laugh 
and have fun. And it's probably the one thing I miss the most in my life. I just don't seem to laugh and enjoy life nearly enough. I'm not a great golfer, so I don't really enjoy playing with guys who play to compete. It's just too stressful for me. But I love playing with my buddy Jermaine because we spend most of the time laughing about dumb stuff for hours. And lastly, men, we need friends to help us sort out life. My friend Jay says we just need to chop it up. There seem to be times when you need another brother to listen or to help you figure out what's wrong. You know, you just can't do it alone. And oftentimes your wife can't seem to understand the issue like another man understands. It's not a betrayal to get help from a friend before you ask your wife. For me, I love getting help from other men on money, work, marriage, or racial issues, for example. Men, we can be such a big help to each other. And yet, I also know that making close friends is pretty darn hard. So let me share a few biblical concepts Dr. Townsend taught me about how to make friends. Jesus showed us that it's a lot easier making friends when we get together in groups. Jesus had 12 men with him. Modern research shows, in fact, men get to know each other more easily when they first meet in groups that are doing something together. So if you have a hard time making friends, go join a group, building homes, or singing in the choir, for example. Or bring another guy to Heart of a Man where we're all working on stuff together. Jesus also revealed that our hearts are dead before he comes into our life. The only thing that brings our hearts to life are his words. Just look at Peter in the Gospel of John. Man, that dude was broken after failing Jesus until Jesus spoke and restored him. We can't find love in our heart for another brother without the power of God's word changing us. And we must be in Bible study every week to keep our hearts soft and able to love a friend. Jesus also showed us how to start connecting through listening. He asked a lot of questions. He questioned the woman at the well before he started teaching. Guys, we make better connections when we ask to hear another man's story. Men disconnect from you when you start a conversation talking about yourself. Chit-chat about sports, not bad, but asking another man, another man about his life, man, now that's better. Jesus also showed us that when men feel connected to you, that's when they reveal their struggles. Jesus brought his friends to the garden and wept for hours as he grieved through, uh, as he faced that cross. He was just, just, just staunch with emotion and his men saw that in him. Some guys think vulnerability means telling a stranger your struggle with porn the first time you meet them. That's not vulnerability. That is poor awareness of how the other guy may be feeling and honestly, it's a bit selfish. It takes time before you can share those tough issues. Not everyone's ready or able to carry your struggle the minute they meet you. Slow down and let that happen when the other person asks or has shared their challenges. You know, I've also found that competing with men to win often leads to shallow relationships. On the other hand, competition that leads to connection instead of winning is good. Stop trying to beat, be with everyone while you play. You know what I mean? That just doesn't work when you're trying to beat everyone. When you only care about winning, no one really wants to be your friend. Guys avoid you instead of seeking you out. Dr. Townsend also gave me one caution about making children my best friends. Our children need us as parents. 
And while it's good to be their friends and to love them well, it's not healthy for them or for us to place them in the same relational category as friends. We lose our ability to guide them and we place a heavy emotional burden on them. Our children are not responsible for our personal loneliness. We are. While they certainly can be there for us, it's also our responsibility to develop friends who can help fill those voids, especially when our children have families of their own, which require their full emotional attention. Let me end with a few more thoughts about friendship. First, friendship requires personal connection. If you don't have any friends, you may not be putting forth the effort it requires to be with other men. I remember a season of life where work, family, and the church left me stressed, tired, and without any friends. The key to that was I chose that path. What path have you chosen that's leaving you alone right now? To make friends, you have to see people in person. Zoom, texting, social media, and email are not human connection. In fact, Research shows that after two hours of social media, the average guy feels twice as lonely as they did before they engaged in social media. You have to get out of your chair, put away your phone, and go spend time with another man. Even with COVID, you have to stop being afraid of getting sick and go spend time with someone. This is really important. Suicide and overdose are skyrocketing right now, and some say at a greater rate than COVID is spreading. Trust me, Dr. Fauci doesn't care about your emotional well-being. He wants to sell vaccines. You have to take control of your relational life. Please, guys, get out and go see other men. Second, friendships often die because we do not continue to put in the work required. You have to call each other at least every week. You have to have fun together, which means you have to put forth effort and planning. You need time to talk about deep stuff, which means you have to learn a heart language and you have to practice it. Most of us have no idea how we feel or how to talk about our feelings. So grab one friend and form a heart group with four other men. I'm happy to share what I know in this space to help you get started. Friendships also require a sacrifice of time, typically when it's really inconvenient or when you have no desire to connect. When your friend needs you emotionally, the best way to say you care is to get up and go to his house. When your friend is struggling with a tough day, a great way to say you care is to take him out for dinner or better yet, bring him dinner. Being a friend is really hard work at times. In fact, it feels like a serious sacrifice. But you know what? That's what friends do. The Bible says, greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. Lastly, there are times when friendships have to come to an end and it's okay. It doesn't mean you failed or you're a bad person. Sometimes those endings are caused by one of you moving or getting married. Sometimes the foundation of your friendship will just change. For example, your friendship was built around your kid's soccer team. When the kids get older, they moved on and then you just didn't see that friend any longer. There are times when a person starts to hurt you or saps the life out of you. While we should never abandon a friend, there are times when that person is drowning and taking you down with them. And you may have to walk away for a season to protect yourself and your family. My point is, 
Many friendships have a season of life to them, and it's very normal for them to end. I had a very dear friend make a bad financial decision, and he abruptly moved to California. I've never seen him since. We were very close for over 10 years. Man, it really hurt when he just got up and left and never said goodbye. But amazingly, God sent other men into my life that were critical to my maturity, and honestly, they're better friends. Brothers, let me assure you, God has an ample supply of Christian men. He knows you need a friend, and he knows when you're lonely. Please don't stay there. Please pray and ask God to bring you a friend. And then lift your head up and look around to see who God did put in your life. He may not be the rock star you were hoping for, but he may be exactly the guy God knows you need right now. Reach out first and ask questions. Take a risk. Go to coffee. Guys, God knows it's not good for you to be alone. You know, as I wrote this lesson, I took a few hours and built a history, kind of a timeline of all my friendships. It was a really encouraging experience because it helped me remember many of the men God had brought into my life. You know, the seasons of my life have been richly blessed by friends, which sadly at times when I'm lonely, I have forgotten and have forgotten how God did provide. I hope you will take inventory of all the men God has in fact sent you over the years to be your friends and be grateful for those men. You know, I also pray you will have a desire to build a few deep friendships and start moving away from a lot of thinly veneered acquaintances. Men who have a lot of friends run the risk of not really being a good friend to any of them. It is very difficult to provide adequate time for more than two or three close friends in a given season of life. Be careful you aren't running from intimacy by hiding behind the facade of popularity. As I completed my friendship history, I entered the name Chris Fred. We've been friends for about six years now. Scotty, who is one of my dearest friends, introduced us. And as a side note, someone who truly cares about you will introduce you to a potential new friend knowing that person may be exactly what you need in that season of life, even at the risk of losing their time with you. Chris and I have a common love for Africa I have been farming in East Africa, and he has been raising bees and goats in Zambia. We both live here in Indy, we both run our own company, and we spend many hours lamenting over the incredibly dumb things we do as leaders and marvel at God's grace and provision for us. Oh man, we share a deep love for our wives and for Jesus, and we study the Bible together as couples. We've even taken a few vacations with our wives. One of the things I really love is being able to share some of my rare success stories with Chris. He's genuinely happy for me, and he does the same with me. Neither of us get jealous nor believe we are bragging. Guys, I'm telling you, it feels so good to get real affirmation when you do succeed without someone taking it the wrong way. I laugh a lot with Chris, and I deeply trust him. He knows me, and I know him. We had lunch last week, and I got to tell you, man, I left feeling so deeply blessed. And I'm praying each of you will find one man to be your friend in this season of life. And I'm praying you'll put in the effort to make it work. Let's close, guys, with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, I pray for my brothers. 
that you will bring each guy, just one close guy that they can really get to know and invest in and pour their heart into and in a healthy way, Lord, in a healthy manner. So Lord, help us pray and ask and help us look up and see who's there, Lord. You always provide. So help us trust you in that, Lord, and then help us do the hard work of being good friends. So help us do this well, Lord, so we may honor you, precious Jesus, and do the work you've called us to. In your name we pray, amen. All right, guys, thank you very much, and we'll see you next week.